The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us today on this Tuesday morning. Give me a chance to be part of your day. We uh, greatly appreciate it. I look forward to this time together. If you're joining us in Scripture, uh, we are in Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to jump into really two sections. If your Bible's kind of broken up like mine, it's um, two different sections in Scripture, um, kind of really sitting into the same context. So jump in with me at verse number 23 of Matthew 21. The Bible says, Now when he had came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said, I will ask ask you one thing, which, if you tell me, I will likewise tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So the first thing we see here is these, uh, I guess look back, the um, chief priests, the elders, um, they were coming confronting Jesus. They didn't like what he was doing, obviously. Uh, What Jesus to this point had been teaching was very different uh, than a heavy Old Testament religious teaching. He was helping moving away from the age of the law to the age of grace. He was moving away from the Old Testament system. Uh, the cross he would complete it. He said it is finished. The whole Old Testament system is completed. And inter- introducing and ushering in the church age, the age of grace, whatever age you want to term you want to use for that. And that's where he was headed towards, is what he was teaching. So he's teaching these new things. And and frankly, remember a lot of the teaching that these chiefs and elders and these priests in the temple had were not even Old Testament teaching, not even the law. They they were things added by themselves to make it even more complicated. So uh, they didn't like him because he was exposing their lies. He was exposing their false teaching. And so they came and they asked a question. They asked, by what authority do you do, the, do, you do these things? Well, the reason for that is the goal, I think, is what they were hoping to do is that he would say, I do it by my father, God, claiming to be the son of God. God, they would then in turn say blasphemy, he claims to be God, and it would give them a reason to put him on the cross. Um, Back in those days in the Jewish rule, blasphemy was uh, punishable by death uh, for what he was claiming to be. And so Jesus knew this, and ultimately Jesus would say this, but you'll notice more than once that Jesus made a point not to necessarily always to identify these things. He he made a point on many occasions to kind of brush it off for this reason. Um, they weren't accepting him as their Messiah, even though he was fulfilling prophecy. They were not accepting that. And so because of that, um, they just they just were finding a way to trick him up. And if he, in front of other people, acknowledged himself to be the Messiah, to be the Son of God, uh, they would have been able to build some kind of case, which they ultimately did, um, to put him on the cross. And so Jesus knew this. Jesus was wise. Let me tell you one unique principle you see when you look at the way Jesus handled this. Jesus didn't argue. Jesus didn't attack. Jesus didn't even defend himself. What did he do? He asked a question. Um, It's intriguing to learn that anytime you're in a level of confrontation or anytime you're in a level 
of um, well, questions in, in dealing with any kind of confrontation, I guess you put that way. When you accuse, when you make an accusation, people are going to defend themselves. When you ask a question, people have a chance to explain themselves. In this situation, Jesus tripped them up. Now, please understand, Jesus knew their thoughts. Jesus knew the mind of the people, of these uh, religious teachers. And so for Jesus, this was an easy answer. Uh, having knowledge, knowing their thinking, he was able to use it against them. So he, But it's a great principle to learn. He didn't react. He didn't get pulled in by the deception of these people. Let's go down to verse 28. But when, well, what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went, then came the second son likewise, and he and answered and said, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the Father? So what we see now is Jesus finishes his comment, then he kind of jumps in with the parable to really kind of teach them. He's kind of, I guess we say, confronting them. He's jumping in and really helping them to kind of, okay, you're looking at something, let's go to a bigger picture, I guess is the way to look at. So he gives the idea of these two boys. He, the first one's asked to go, and he says, no, I won't go. But later repents, later feels convicted, and goes out and does it. The second one just lies. He says, I'll go. And he kind of heads that way, but never actually does the work. And so he says, which one of them um, did the will of the Father? Of course, they answered, end of verse 31, they said of the first. Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you that the tax collectors and heartless enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him, and when you saw it, you did not afterwards relent and believe him. So they went back to John, and they brought it. And, John, and what Jesus did is took an opportunity to go back to this same, well, Jesus brought up John, but he did and he kept bringing it up because he wanted to make a point to these religious leaders. You are missing the truth. It doesn't matter what authority. I have the authority. You're missing the truth. And so he goes back to this parable. They all knew that the first one who said no at first was ended up being right. Now, here's, here's how it works in today's day and age. There's going to be some people today that the very first time they hear the conviction of the Holy Spirit, the very first time they know that they need to be saved. They won't accept it. As a matter of fact, I dare say that the vast majority of people who get saved do not accept Jesus the first time they hear it. It's relatively new. It's confusing. doesn't make sense. Even if the conviction of the Holy Spirit's there, trying to calculate and, and understand all of that is different. And so they look at that and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to them. But the unique thing is, after periods of time, as they've heard and as they've thought about it, they finally do repent and turn later on. Those is, and then as he describes them, tax collectors, harlots, he, he describes the people that these leaders would have considered to be the worst of the worst. And he says, they will enter the kingdom before you. And what was the problem? Well, they, they never refused to acknowledge the truth of John the Baptist, the truth of Jesus. And really what was happening is Jesus was taking an opportunity to teach the people listen listening that he had the truth and they did not. And it doesn't matter, you know, I'm not going to listen to this deception. It doesn't matter if I can say by what authority. This is the truth. And John the Baptist gave the truth. So he just jumped right back to it, kind of right back in their face. And uh, now the things we get from this, number one, uh, I can look back and say, you know, the Bible tells us knowledge puffs up. Having the knowledge of God, having the knowledge of truth, the knowledge of Bible things, church, things of that nature, those in them themselves 
don't help you if you're not actually going to accept that. You need to move beyond truth, and truth needs to change your life. Truth needs to impact your life. And just having truth that you won't accept is not truth. If you know the Bible, you claim the Bible will be true, but you won't accept Jesus as your Savior, uh, you're missing something. And a lot of religions change this. They want their belief to be more important than what the Bible says. And we need to make sure, of course, the Bible is the core of this. The other thing I like about this parable, though, is the fact that the first, you know God is such a gracious and long-suffering God. He doesn't just immediately say no when somebody doesn't do exactly what they want. He's so long-suffering. He brings conviction, the people say no. He brings conviction, the people say no. He brings conviction, they turn around and say yes. I am glad that God doesn't just say no and finish with us. The moment, um, our, you know, the first time we say no, I'm glad that he's gracious. Same thing as a Christian. He will point us in the direction he wants us to go in. Sometimes we'll jump right away. Sometimes we're like, I don't know, I'm not sure. And yet God graciously and lovingly continues to point us in that direction. So they start off, we see the truth that Jesus is the authority, and he just goes back to that truth, and he goes back to the grace and love of God. And we can look at that and be encouraged. I would say, one, if you're not saved, God is still calling you. God is still directing you, and you can really uh, acknowledge that he still wants you to come to him. As a Christian, uh, you can always turn back to God, always follow, because God's always looking for repentance. But you know the other thing I look at is, you ever have somebody you're praying for, a family member, whether they're saved or unsaved, and you're praying for them, and sometimes you feel like it just seems overwhelming? Well, uh, you have promised today that God never quits. He's always working. And just maybe that person can come and turn back to Jesus. Don't give up on them. Don't stop praying and trust that God uh, is continuing to work in their lives. Well, thanks again for joining us today on this Tuesday morning. We appreciate the time to be part of your day. Greatly appreciate it. Hope it's an encouragement. Stick with us as we continue uh, through these last few chapters of the book of Matthew. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.